0: podcast. My name is Shane Brennan and I'm Chief Executive of the UK Coal Chain Federation. In a special edition of the podcast I thought I'd bring you um, a recording of the interview that I gave this afternoon or this morning even to BBC Radio 5 Live. I found myself in a debate with Richard Tice, uh, famous Brexiteer behind uh, the UK Independence Party and now the leader of Reform UK and we were speaking to Nagan Nguyen on BBC Radio about the supply chain crisis, responding to the words of the Prime Minister from this morning on BBC Radio 4 Today programme about how the businesses in the UK had been mainlining, using that phrase from drug addiction, the cheap labour and that that was the cause of our problems in our economy. And that the strategy of his government was to fundamentally restructure the pay of the lowest pay, lowest waged Really interesting point, really, really important moment, I think, in, in, in the political and economic uh, story of our country and coming out of Brexit and the pandemic. Um, and I thought I'd just share this um, with you because not often you get 16 minutes of radio time to talk about the issues. Um, and so I thought I'd share it with my podcast listeners. Um, Delise, if you don't want to listen in, no problem. Um, but I thought I'd share it via this platform as well. Thank you very much
1: of the UK. We have we have under we have undershot all our major competitors for two decades or more, and that is because we have a low wage, low cost approach where our business does not invest in skills, does not invest in capital or facilities. Look at the road haulage industry that we're talking about. The fact is that they haven't been putting money into into truck stops, into conditions, into pay. So there's there's no there's no there's no there's no supply of young people in this country who, frankly, at the moment, are thinking of
2: becoming truck. So that that was the Prime Minister on the Today programme this morning on Radio 4, suggesting that businesses could have done more to prepare for this moment. And there's been a little bit of a build-up to this. The um, Foreign Secretary, Liz Truss, began when she said the Prime Minister is not responsible for what's on or not on supermarket or shop shelves. Kwasi Kwateng, the Business Secretary, said, said that businesses have been over reliant on too few suppliers and left themselves exposed whilst a government source told the telegraph um business section that business has become drunk on cheap labor and we've had a couple of texts as well i'm going to talk to shane brennan who is the chief executive (coughs) sorry of the cold chain federation shane morning to you good morning morning tell me what the situation is that you're seeing
0: We're definitely seeing one of the most stressful and difficult times in our food supply chain we've ever seen, certainly the worst phase of the coronavirus pandemic period. And I really feel for the people, whether it's the warehouse operatives, the drivers, the business owners and leaders who are trying to sort of find ways through the crisis they're facing right now in in managing the supply chains they're responsible for.
2: Um, Also, we've got Richard Tice, who's a businessman who works in real estate and is the leader of the Political Party Reform UK. Richard, um, tell me from the angle you're coming in from.
1: Good morning. Well, um, the Prime Minister has – I think he's been listening to what I've been saying for many, many months. Um, it's a rare occasion when I agree with him. The reality is that uh, big business and the lobby groups, you know, they, they, they have campaigned to keep uh, EU um, freedom of movement open. They've been able to pay wages, uh, you know, low wages to lorry drivers – because they've had cheap, low-skilled immigration coming in from Eastern Europe. So the, the pay rates of people like lorry drivers you know, really have been suppressed over the last decade or more. And uh, in a sense, the negotiating leverage has now moved in favor of the lorry drivers and away from big businesses that previously have, have made big profits. And it's actually not just the pay rates. It is about the truck facilities. Uh, it's about the bureaucracy of some of the paperwork, um, it's about the changes to the tax laws that the government was told about, what's called ir thirty five There's a multitude of reasons. Um, but actually, you know this uh, big business knew this was coming, and uh, what, what have they done they've they've sort of reached for you know the, the cheap thing they want, which is more uh, more people lorry drivers coming from from Eastern Europe. The reality is they're not sitting on my backsides in Europe. There's a shortage of drivers across the whole of the, uh, the Europe. There's a supply chain issue actually across, it seems, the whole of the world. Um, but this is, in a sense, as I say, the negotiating leverage has moved in favour of the least well-off, the lowest paid. And for those of us who campaign for Brexit, this is one of the dividends. that I'm delighted to see. Um, and sorry, John. You know, that's it's it, it's it's good news that big businesses are having to face up to their
2: responsibilities. So it's their responsibility.
0: Correct. It's not the government's shame. I mean, that's the message of this week, isn't it? You're on your own business. Mm. Sort it out for yourselves, and you're to blame if if you don't. Of course, the vast majority of horish businesses are not big businesses. They're small businesses operating at very, very low operating margins. So. That, so this, and I think most of the people who run haulage companies, drivers themselves normally, would love and really want to give their drivers a pay rise. They only have to pay more, charge more for their services into, into everybody else. And those inflationary pressures are going to play out across the economy. And I think one of the things we need to start doing now is if we're going to be absolutely clear about this is now the political and economic strategy of the government, let's start defining what low pay means. Because it's not really clear to anyone working in business what a low, apart from you know it when you see it. There's not really a lot of clarity on what low pay is. And if we start inflating wages by twenty, thirty, forty percent, like we're seeing right now, I mean, what, what what does that mean for the rest of the of, of, of wage in the economy? And brilliant high high wage, high productive economy in the end. But the short term transition to that, the medium term transition to that, can be really disruptive and going to create significant inflation pressure in the economy. Maybe that's the price worth paying, but there's a huge, huge amount of disruption that's going to come from that that we have to basically be alive to.
2: In the meantime, um, the Prime Minister has said um, the rules will be relaxed to allow more HGV drivers from the EU to arrive. The target was set, what, immediately, 300. And I think we learned this morning it's 127 that have applied. We can't even fill the gaps, can we?
0: This, this was a scheme that was, was put in place 10 days ago. It's a very very complicated scheme talked to lots of paperwork involved in being part of that scheme and basically involves finding basically the idea that you can actually have people available via that visa scheme within six working days It's really quite a it suggests that the, the system set up to fail rather than actually genuinely being part of, the, of a comprehensive plan for transitioning from where we are today to where we want to get to.
2: Um, Richard, talk to me then about why we're hearing the likes of Lord Wolfson, Simon Wolfson, um, Brexiteer, boss of Next, urging politicians to allow um, people from over, overseas um, over here. Um, is, is, are voices like this helpful?
1: Well, I mean, everybody's entitled to a voice, of course. But I think the reality is, and uh, you know, you've just heard about the point about low pay, let the market talk. And what's happened is... People in offices you know, have actually seen a much higher pay rises over the last decade or so than you know people doing manual jobs, driving jobs, warehouse jobs. What we're seeing now is a reversal of that. And so the market will speak. And where there's a shortage, people can't find uh, employees to do jobs. Then you know, the pay rates have to go up and businesses will have to respond to it. And I agree. But it's not going to happen but,
2: immediately, uh, is it? Well, can businesses need... afford this? this yeah, ab- right completely ab-
1: the, the opposite. Actually, what, what does happen is if you're short of drivers, then you've got to pay more to get drivers in. If you're short of warehouse so work,
2: then the public, then then the consumer should then accept that prices will go up.
1: Well, either that, or businesses will find other ways of dealing with it, or they'll accept How? smaller profit margins, or well, they can accept smaller profit margins. What about margins, small for family well, They businesses. can they can adjust they can adjust their, the the routes that they use what for. What about their, stretched uh,
2: for small family businesses?
1: Uh, look, every, everybody, you know, margins everywhere can vary, but the reality is you can't. It's not the government's fault that the market isn't working. You know, ultimately, pay rates are determined by the availability of labour. It's a basic economic rule. If there's not enough labour, pay rates go up. That's what happens. And big businesses have suppressed small haulage firms for many, many years, and, and now they're realising the cost of that, and they're going to have to pay the difference. It's, you know, it really is. It is basic economics. And was, I'm it, was, it ever res,
2: was it ever government's responsibility to recognise that that yeah, was the it's situation?
1: Not the it's not the government's responsibility to determine pay rates for lorry drivers. It is the government's responsibility to make sure that lorry drivers can have uh, that they can get tested, they can have their tests updated, and to remove unnecessary bureaucracy by things like what's called. The certificate of professional competence which is a as i understand a, an eu uh, piece of bureaucracy that frankly is is, is not needed so much and, and to reduce the cost of that
2: one of the things is we've spoken to lorry drivers on five live many times and they've spoken about the conditions no rest stops, for example. It may sound Correct. like a small thing, but is that infrastructure, uh, the network, that's, is that government's yeah, responsibility? Again, no, of course
1: it's not. You know, that's the petrol stations, that's the service stations. They're all private-run businesses.
2: I think we do need
1: to understand. You know, look, stop looking to the government for solutions. You know, we live in a we live in a a free market, entrepreneurial uh, economy, and businesses have got to work this out. You know. Businesses own the service stations, they own the four courts, the petrol stations, provide some facilities, welcome drivers. What we've learned in this COVID crisis is actually very often it's it's people, workers with some of the toughest, most difficult, often least attractive jobs who are absolutely critical key workers to keeping the whole show on the road. And we've got to respect them, we've got to look after them better, and we've got to pay them more. And I think it's really good news that finally... Uh, you know, the penny has dropped and people are waking up to this.
2: So, Shane, is it, is it right that the, the government now says, look, you are on your own with with the argument that Richard's put forward?
0: Is it right or wrong? It's the message that business leaders have taken from this week. So for the next few months, basically the message is you're on your own to sort it out. And that is like, that is what it is. So we have to deal with that in terms of increased increased costs of, across the supply chain, increased pay rise inflation and all those different elements that come alongside that. I would take issue with this thing about truck stops and the issues around that. The, the HGV companies or haulage companies in the UK are not the ones that are responsible for the, for the road infrastructure and the service areas and the like that we have. No, Richard was saying it's the,
2: service, uh, it's the petrol stations and the service providers.
0: Yeah, in, but, but but when we talk about the comparison to places like European countries where they've got wonderful uh, HGVs, those areas, those are part of the road network those are part of the infrastructure investment of the country, and they're the ones that have been doing that over 20, 30 years. We've failed to do that, and that is actually a government responsibility, or at least a government coordination responsibility, in order to make that sort of thing happen, because it's not going to happen It's not in other, other parts of the world without that, and so we do need to think about that going forward. So government can't wash its hands of every single part of this issue. They can make their, the point that the business is to blame, and the business has got to sort it out, but they've also got to accept that they won't be able to sort out every problem, and and, and that would be the
2: reality of it. A couple of people getting in touch. peaked in the High Peak says, I don't really understand Boris blaming businesses for causing a low-wage culture. Surely this is what capitalism, conservative is ba- conservatism, is based on. The free market economy ideology is based on business being run ultimately for profit and to make people rich, as opposed to the good of society. Uh, someone else's message, the use of cheap imported labour has been going on for years. Before retiring, I worked in the IT industry. Companies did not want to invest in UK workers when it was cheaper to employ foreign workers. I've seen this approach by nearly all industries. And it's good that the government is taking a stand stand on this. Uh, Mike says, PM now blaming everyone but himself for the crisis. Was he really blaming foreign drivers for not coming forward earlier? utterly useless. Richard, in the short term, you've spoken about the long term, and you can see some some listeners agreeing with what you're saying in terms of uh, companies taking responsibility for um, employing more UK workers and and with better wages. But in the short term, this isn't going to happen. So what happens then? What do we see this side of Christmas?
1: I think what you should see is uh, some easing of restrictions, for example, which can be done in a safe way, on Uh, the working hours of lorry drivers you you can increase that again on a temporary basis so there's more capacity people can work a bit longer obviously within uh, you know within safe rules things like that need to uh, need to happen reduce the levels of bureaucracy and and I do think that businesses will adjust they will adapt Uh, they will find ways through it because actually our logistics industry is one of the – it's incredibly sophisticated, very well-organized, very bright people. I'm confident, actually, they will find ways to deal with it, they will get through it, um, and that actually the shelves will uh, will fill up again. Yes, there's going to be a bit of bumping and boring. And yes, we may not get you know four different types of cornflakes on the shelves uh, that we've become used to in recent years and months, but to be honest, that's actually not the end of the world. You know we're still an incredibly what? lucky nation. There'll still be plenty on the shelves for Christmas. I'm absolutely sure of that.
2: What do you make of and this? Um, <clears throat> uh, we're not even in a year in, and the Brexiteers, like Richard, are blaming everyone and anything. But accepting Brexit was overpromised and under delivered. Under delivered. Um, there is there is that there is that point of view that actually Brexit is. A significant cause of this. You say that the industry is sophisticated and um, one of the best in the world. I think that's what, what you said. Um, but there will always be demand for foreign workers. And while that demand is there, has Brexit made that you know too difficult when times are tough, like now?
1: The numbers are really very small. As I understand, it's about uh, about 12,000 EU lorry drivers uh, less than a couple of years ago out of a total of around about just under 300,000. It's around 5%. You know, it's it's not the it's not the game changer that's being put. And I'm sorry, I just, you know, the point is that lower wages are going up. That's good news for the least well-off. That's part of the Brexit dividend. I'm delighted by that. What,
2: were we warned about this? Were we yeah, I, told I, this would happen post-Brexit?
1: Did you I expect saying, it? I, w- I was saying throughout the whole campaign and in recent years, that actually, you know, we, we need to stop uh, lots of low-skilled, uncontrolled immigration because that was suppressing wages of British workers. And what this has shown is that it was right, it's proved the point, wages are going up. And, and that's actually why, you know, a lot of people who voted Brexit from all over the country, they knew in their gut something was wrong. And this has proved the evidence, it's proved it's right, and it's good news for the lowest paid, the least well-off.
2: Shane, how how well received is this going to be? You know, it will be tough. I mean, it will be tough for a few months this side of Christmas. Do you think people will understand that? Do you think the industry is prepared to cope with that?
0: So we've coped with supply chain shortages and supply chain interruptions throughout the pandemic. I think the people that are running the supply chain are the people we have to bear in mind here. The people who are working currently, understaffed, They've been working in crisis mode for eighteen months. And I really take exception to Richard saying the solution is to just work longer hours if you're a driver. As so though that the people that are doing the job today need to be working even harder than they've already been working. That doesn't that is not a solution that is really un, that really undermines the confidence of people on the front line that they actually have got people who've got their back. And so I'm, I'm were, the, Richard I'm not saying the
1: word working hard, I'm just saying there's the you know, you ask for a short term solution. The short term solution
0: is to work some longer hours. I'm not saying they're not working hard. Of course, they're working hard. So, But but this is the key thing. Basically, business owners, business leaders, and again, the Prime Minister's message today is your business leaders, you're on your own to sort this out. They've got a welfare problem. They've got to look after the people that work for them. They've worked hard. For two years now in crisis mode, trying to keep the supply chains running, they've got to carry on doing that right the way through Christmas and beyond. We've got to find ways to reduce the pressure on them. And Rich is right. Yes, it is about range. About, it's about putting less on the shelf in terms of range. It's about being more efficient in how we, what we put out there. And consumers are going to have to accept that there's going to be less choice on the shelf at Christmas time. There's going to be more interruptions from one day to the next in supply. There will be plenty of food. Consumers need to be responsible and think about those people in the supply chain when they're making their purchasing decisions. Because the worst thing is overbuying, because that then creates greater problems, greater intensifies crises. We have to accept that we are still in the pandemic, we're still in the adjustment from Brexit, and we're gonna to have to bear with that for a number of months now, right the way through Christmas and into next year.
2: What are people saying to you, Shane, in you know, the in the industry? What are they saying in terms of are they optimistic? Are they have they kind of got that? you know, like head down, it's difficult, we'll get through this. Are they saying that?
0: Well, that is the job of a supply chain person, solve problems, solve supply chain problems, but they are very tired, like, You know, We are talking about people who are mentally exhausted from the pressure of the, the unprecedented period of the last two years. And whilst there's a desire to move on, a politician's desire to move on, a desire to say that, you know, things are going things to are be better tomorrow, and we all hope that. But right now, that's not how it feels. Right now, we are still in the intense period of this supply chain crisis, and we need to be working together to relieve that pressure and not playing blame games, which is what we are effectively doing for the last few days at party conference.
2: Tim from Suffolk says, to be fair, the government was telling businesses for years to get ready for Brexit. The industry knew there was a shortage and should have raised salaries and conditions to attract more drivers. Maybe the industry should pay for the army, bailing them out.
0: The industry is paying for this. We're seeing huge price inflation already. We're seeing huge wage inflation happening across the supply chain. That is going to happen. And that, will, and, that will, and that is potentially the right end point. The long-term implication of this may be really good. Supply chain has been undervalued in this in the UK for a long time. I agree with that with that sentiment. But the path from where we are today to that point is incredibly disruptive. And it's people on the front line of this that suffer from that. So the key is having a plan, a coherent plan that's about managing that transition is, is the key. And the point of the last few weeks is the government saying it's not our problem. Industry, you're on your own to do that transition. Mm. So we will, they will do that. But there will be implications for consumers. There will be implications for everybody else. And we have to be accepted that it's not all going to be – that the consequences of this are probably not properly being seen in in the whole rather than sort of dealing with what the latest newspaper headline.
2: Shane Brennan, Chief Executive of the Cold Chain Federation, uh, an industry body which represents transporters of chilled food. Thank you. Richard Tice, businessman who works in real estate, the leader of the political party Reform UK. Thank you very much as well. Um, So – that was my
0: 60 minutes of fame on Radio 5 Live earlier today. It was quite a moment for a political geek like myself, um, who's lived through the last five years of uh, UK politics, to be uh, pitted against a, an arch-Brexiteer like Richard Tice was quite, a, um, quite, quite an interesting moment. And behind the scenes knowledge here, um, they didn't tell me that Richard Tice was gonna be interviewed alongside me. And I, it was only when she introduced him that I knew that I was in a, in a, in a debate. Um, there are so many points in what he said where I would love to have, have, have taken him on. Um, and as I listen back to it, I'm thinking, God, I could have said that and I could have said this. I mean, stuff like the point about range consolidation, which obviously we all agree is going to be vital in the supply chain in the event of us not having enough people to get the job done. But if you talk about the fact that we're going to have not have four types of cornflakes on the shelf, we're only going to have uh, two. The person who makes the cornflakes Um, that are number four on the shelf that suddenly don't have a supply chain anymore, really are a victim of this. And no way has anyone promised that that would be the the ambition and strategy of UK government. The whole issue of how this massive, massive price inflation um, that comes from from wage increases impacts on smaller businesses uh, that are operating on tight operating margins, how we actually understand that economically. And also, ultimately, what do we do um, when we start looking at the economy in the round? If we do see 20, 30% increases in some job functions, whether that's in individual companies, we already know how difficult that would be in terms of the wage distribution within a logistics operation. Um, But if you start playing that out against trading off hospitality workers and care workers against warehouse operatives and drivers, the idea that everyone can get 20, 30% pay rises, it's just so amazing that this is the type of conversation that we're we're now having. Um, and one that's going to play out over weeks um, weeks to come. Um, as you know, Coaching Federation is in the game. You know, We're talking to the government all the time, we're trying to get our message out. The whole issue of how consumers value the supply chain is fundamental to our messaging and we'll continue to press that. Um, I guess overall though, as I say in the piece, we have to accept that this is a situation where government is saying you're on your own and you're to blame. And effectively, we have to basically operate on that basis. And so, words the Cold chain federation, when we as we meet in coming days and weeks and months and discuss these issues, we have to think about what we can do to help ourselves. And that is going to be the theme of my conversation with members um, in that time. As ever, thanks for listening to the Cold Chain podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe. If you uh, like the content, then please share it amongst uh, other colleagues and 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 friends. Because um, the more uh, we spread the word about the podcast, the more uh, engagement we get and the more we sort of take forward our mission as Coal Chain Federation to uh, lead our industry on these core important topics. Thanks very much and um, as a, please look after yourselves and look after people working with you.